I remember the, the first church that I ever served, Trish and I were on the young adult co-ed softball team. And uh, anyway, uh, it, was, it was fun. We were kind of low on the competitive scale <laughs> and high on the fun scale, but we were okay with that. I remember there was one play I can still picture it in my mind where uh, for the... Uh, a runner from the other team was, was barreling in toward home plate, and the ball was coming in from the outfielder toward home plate, and our catcher kind of looked and just, and then just ran away, you know? <laughs> and, uh, we, you know, we just laughed. We didn't care, you know? We were, we were just glad to be on the team. Um, you know, another kind of team that I was on was back in college, I was a part of a 60-voice choir. And uh, one year, the day before our spring break tour, uh, I had minor surgery done on an infected toe. And uh, so the next morning I woke up, my toe's all wrapped up, it's swollen, it's, it's throbbing, I didn't sleep all night, and I, I couldn't even get my shoe on. So I told a friend of mine, tell him I'm not coming. Well, he showed up about 20 minutes later in my room and says, Doc, who is our director, Doc says you have to come even if I have to carry you. So I went, you know, that week I went to, I, I, I sang in a lot of concerts wearing black socks and no shoes. <laughs> but that one, that, that time Doc taught me that even when there are 60 voices, everyone on the team matters. Every voice is important. Uh, you know, when you're sitting in the stands at a ball game, you know, football game, volleyball game, it's pretty easy to tell who's on the team, right? Because they're wearing the uniforms. But when you come to church, it's different. I mean, some of us are wearing Faith Westwood shirts, but normally on a, on a Sunday we don't. And, and how do you tell who's, who's kind of on the team, who's not? Uh, and if you've come here today and you go, oh, I don't, I'm just kind of showed up at church. I know we had one young man who came the first service and and had never been here before. And, you know, when I go to a brand-new church service I've never been to before, like early in the summer I went to my son's church, I mean, I just I feel like an outsider. I, I, I feel like even though I want to be a worshiper, I, I, hard to get it out of my head, I feel like a spectator more than a participant a lot of times. And, and so that's understandable. If you've shown up here and you're new and, and if that's how you feel, I, I totally get that. But if this, is, if this is your church, if Faith Westwood is where God has put you. And if, and if you have faith and you count on Jesus as your Savior and you're the one that you're trusting for, for life today and eternal life in the age to come, then I hope that you would agree with this. I'm stepping off the sidelines onto the field. I'm ready to be a teammate for the gospel. And so... If that's what you can affirm, if you can affirm that with me today, I'm going to ask you to say it out loud with me, nice and strong, will you? I'm stepping off the sidelines onto the field. I'm ready to be a teammate for the gospel. You know, Wednesday uh, after, early afternoon, I was outside of the hall, uh, from the, in, uh, outside the church office in the hall, and I, I saw somebody here, a big smile on his face, and I said, hey, what's going on today? He said, I'm here for care mats. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you've been here, but on Thursday afternoons, early afternoons, there's a lot going on when our care mats team shows up. And they make these, what's that? Did I say the wrong day? Oh, sorry. I meant Wednesday. 
It's on Wednesday afternoons. Uh, and uh, a lot of shows, you know, they, they make these care mats out of gro- plastic grocery bags. And these are for the homeless. And, you know, this year I think we're going to hit close to the 1,000 mark since we first started making them. Uh, and they go to shelters. They go to different service organizations that, that give them away. Uh, and, you know, there are a lot of ways that these team members get involved. Some of them are sorting the, the bags into different colors, and some of them are flattening them, and then others are slicing them into strips, and then others are tying them together uh, to make yarn and then rolling it into a ball, and others uh, do the actual crocheting into the sleeping mat. And, but the big part is they, they love the experience of working together as a team. You know, in healthy churches, everybody has a place on the team. In dying churches, people show up looking to be entertained. You know, a while back, we started shifting some of our terminology when we talk about when people join the church. Now, saying, using the word member isn't wrong, really, but we've, we've, we're shifting away from that to talking about being partners instead. And we take our cue from Philippians 1, verse 5, uh, where the Apostle Paul uh, calls them, he, he thanks these people for their partnership in the gospel. And that's who we are. We are partners in the gospel. And then later in chapter 1 of his letter to the Philippians, Paul tells them this, to stand firm together in one spirit, striving together for the faith of the gospel, striving together. Now, today, uh, we're going to learn a Greek word from the New Testament. I don't teach this very often, but I thought today would be a perfect opportunity. Um, and here's, here's that word, synathleo, synathleo. Now, the prefix, S-Y-N, uh, means together, uh, kind of like synthesis, uh, synergy, synthetic. Okay? And the word athleo is where we get the word athlete from. So the word picture here is of, is of athletes striving together for a common purpose. In other words, teammates. Teammates for the gospel. So now, let's open our Bibles to uh, Philippians uh, chapter 4, starting with verse 1. And the Pew Bible, if you're using this one, It starts on page 1181, and uh, while you're looking that up, let me just say, if you came here today and you go, wow, I wish I had a Bible of my own, or maybe you need one that's in a more readable translation, then I would say we can help with that today. Just uh, after worship, go across the foyer to the Connection Center, which is right next to the elevator, and you'll see a display there with some Bibles in a little rack. You just grab one, okay? You can take it, you can have it, it's yours to keep. And, and maybe you'll want to go home and read this whole letter to the Philippians, okay? Now, uh, in verse 1, look how much Paul just loves these people. He says, therefore, my, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way. Dear friends, now the word crown here is used, I think, in a, sort of an athletic uh, sports term. In the Olympic Games in, in ancient Greece, they didn't give you a, a medal if you were a winner. They didn't give you a medal that they hung around your neck. Instead, they, 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 you were crowned with a wreath. 
okay? Like, like this one here. And they were made out of olive uh, branches and twisted and shaped into that kind of uh, crown. And so he's telling these people, you, you're, my, you're my champion's wreath. You, you, whenever you stand firm in the faith, I mean, that's, that's the crown. That's my reward. And then in verse 2, we find something really unusual here. Paul stops and he addresses uh, two women. No doubt they are leaders in the church. And he says, I plead with Euodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Now, apparently, they are not of the same mind about something, and it's causing a little rift between them and maybe even in the church as a whole. And, and notice, Paul does not address them as a pair, okay? He recognizes their divide, so he says, I plead with the Euodia, I plead with Syntyche. And he wants them, though, to come together and resolve their differences. And notice, he's not blaming either one of them, but he also recognizes they may, they may need a mediator. So verse 3 starts out, Yes, and I ask you, my true companion. Well, who's he talking to? He doesn't, he doesn't say. Um, tr the truth is we really don't know. But I think the best theory is that he's talking to Epaphroditus. He's the one who brought the letter. He's from Philippi. He brought the letter from Paul to them. He's probably the one reading it to them right now and they, when they get it. And so he's appealing to Epaphroditus to be the one to help bring these two women together. He says, yes, I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. He has so much respect for these women. And the phrase, contended at my side, is that same Greek word that we saw before, synethleo. These women are Paul's teammates. He counts them as his teammates in the gospel. Which may, leads me to believe that back when Paul was first there in Philippi uh, a few years before, and, and he was uh, telling them all about Jesus and, and his resurrection and the new life that comes from being his people, Yodia uh, and Syntyche were some of the first to believe. And they were Paul's big supporters. And, and uh, you know, they were out there sharing the good news of Jesus with them and telling us how he has changed their lives. And they know that the gospel is powerful. They know that the gospel is God's message of love, and it, it has the power to awaken hearts. It is the promise of forgiveness of sins. It is the power of God to give us new life. It is our hope for the age to come. And so I believe that Yodia and Syntyche could each say this. I'm stepping off the sidelines. I'm onto the field. I'm ready to be a teammate for the gospel. You know, as uh, Don was showing you some of those pictures, we had, we had people yesterday at, at Together and at Omaha Street School and at uh, Grace United Methodist. And I want to tell you a little bit about why they were at Grace United Methodist, which is in South Omaha. Um, they, uh, at uh, Faith Westwood has... Uh, decided to be a partner, our, our church council decided as to be a partner with Pastor Juan Carlos Veloso and his wife Marite, who've been appointed to start a new Hispanic church 
at that location. So when our people showed up there yesterday to help out, to improve the building and the grounds around it, I mean, they weren't doing any preaching. They weren't going door to door with leaflets and saying how this new church is, is kind of getting started and it's going to launch in the spring. But they were partners. They were teammates in the gospel. You know, two of our, our biggest opportunities uh, to serve happened this, earlier in the summer. And one of those was Vacation Bible School. I don't know if you know this, but in the last two years, our, at, our attendance, our, the number of kids we have at vac Vacation Bible School has more than doubled. Two years ago, we had an average daily attendance at, v, at BBS of 110. This year, you count both the morning and evening sessions, we had an average daily attendance of 236. I mean, we're blowing the roof off the place. And let me tell you, it takes a lot of people to be a part of this. I, I'm here to tell you that, that VBS is no longer a children's ministry project. It is a church-wide project. It's a church-wide event now. And there are all kinds of opportunities for you to be a part of it, things you might not even thought of before. We need people doing snack prep and security and first aid and room setup and registration, and the list goes on. You know, the other big serving opportunity that we had uh, back in the, earlier in the summer was our fireworks stand, which is how we have been able these last few years to um, offer Vacation Bible School for free. It, we, we pay for it through the fireworks stand. Now, this year, I didn't get to come as much. I only got to come for a couple hours one time. Uh, but some of you I know were there a lot. Some of you showed up almost every day. Uh, there was one guy who spent nearly every night sleeping there in the fireworks tent guarding the merchandise. Uh, you know, the number of, of hours that it takes to pull that off is just really staggering. And, of course, we've got two couples that, that are the main core of that, uh, uh, Leah and Brian and Cammie and Travis. But it, it, it just takes more than them. It takes a team. So let's say it again, shall we? Our big statement, I'm stepping off the sidelines onto the field. I'm ready to be a teammate for the gospel. So you still got your Bible open? Let's look at Philippians 4, verse 3 again. Uh, Paul uses another term to refer to Euodia and Syntyche uh, and a guy named Clement. He calls them, do you see the word? His co-workers co-workers. Throughout Paul's letters, he uses that a lot to refer to different people. Um, he uses it for Epaphroditus, Aquila and Priscilla, Timothy, Mark, Justice, and others. And then he uses similar terms for people like Phoebe and Titus and Mary and Andronicus and Junia and many more. And the revolutionary thing about being on Jesus' team is that it crosses all boundaries. This was revolutionary in the first century. I mean, the church, the people of Jesus Christ were the only ones doing this. Gentiles and Jews on the same team. Women and men on the same team. Slaves and free on the same team. Poor and rich on the same team. Even in the first decades of the Christian movement, people from the Middle East 
and people from Europe and people from Africa were united by their faith in Jesus. And they loved each other like family. You know, I think one of the biggest divides that we find here in our community are between those who are active in a church and those who have no faith community. And we are trying to break down that wall. Have you noticed uh, across the street here at the park, um, you'll see uh, the basketball court, and on the fence around it now, this summer have been these large banners. There's two of them, one on each side of the corner. And they said, it says, casual basketball. And on Thursday evenings, it gives the time. And then at the bottom, it says, sponsored by Faith Westwood United Methodist. And uh, so we have a few people who have said, yeah, I'm going to show up at that uh, uh, every Thursday that I can. And what they're doing is looking just to do nothing more than build relationships with people in the neighborhood and, and believe that God is going to be in that. So I'm going to tell you more about that next Sunday, okay? You see, Jesus is building a team of people who are breaking across boundaries and barriers so that we know that the gospel, the good news, is for all people. He wants us to bring life and hope and love to all people. And he wants you on his team. I hope that you can say, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to step off the sidelines. I'm going to get onto the field. I'm ready to be a teammate for the gospel. Now, you might ask, what, what prompted the Apostle Paul to write this letter to his friends in Philippi? Well, what happened is they, they heard that he was in prison for announcing that uh, uh, there was a king greater than Caesar. And when you do that in the Roman Empire, you're going to get in trouble, okay? And so he's in, he's in prison, probably in Rome, and... and uh, the Roman, when you're in prison, the, the Roman government doesn't feel that it's their job to feed you. You're kind of just on your own. And, and they're not going to worry whether you get a coat to have to keep you warm on a cold night. So here's what the Christ followers in Philippi did when they learned that Paul was in, was in jail. Uh, they opened their hearts. They opened their purses, even though most of them have very little. And they pool their offering, and they send it with one of their own, the young man, Epaphroditus. I can just imagine Paul, when Epaphroditus shows up and, hey, you know, I'm here. And, and he brings this offering, and Paul is just thinking, oh, you, you thought of me? And uh, he, uh, you know, now he'll have money, more money to buy food and, and a coat to keep him warm. And most important, papyrus and ink and a quill so he can keep writing letters. Did he need stamps? Nah, I don't think so. Anyway, years before, after, uh, uh, you know, when, when Paul first went to the uh, Philippi and met them, and he, he told them about Jesus, and a number of them believed, after that he left there and he went to other places in Macedonia and Greece to bring the gospel to them. And, and they said, hey, Paul, before you go, we want to help. And so, again, they, they, they took an offering. They, they pooled their money together and said, here you go. We want you to be able to spend less time doing temp jobs and more time telling people about Jesus. And they did it because they were teammates in the cause. 
I may, I may have shared this before, I'm not really sure. Um, but uh, anyway, one time a young couple, uh, they, were, they were in our home, they, they were friends of ours. Not, they were not in our church, but they were pe- members of another church. And uh, they had been disagreeing about how much to give to their church, okay? And she said, you know, I don't want to give so much that I resent it. I want to give joyfully. And he said, well, I always think you should, you should give sacrificially, you know, give till it hurts. And I said, congratulations, you're both right. You see, the, the goal is to give both sacrificially and joyfully and, and not just one or the other. And I trust that you and God are able to figure this out. You keep listening to God and hold those things in tension as the best you can and you're going to get it. One thing I know as your pastor is that I don't want anybody giving or serving out of guilt. I don't want anybody serving or giving out of pressure. I want everybody serving and giving out of gratitude. I want everybody serving and giving because they love doing it. Now, maybe you're here today, you go, I don't know if I'm even on this team. If I'm on, I don't even know if I'm on Jesus' team or even what that would look like. You know, I, I totally get that. And, and I don't mean in any way to try to pressure you, um, but I also believe that Jesus is calling you. I believe that his team needs you. Now, I'm kind of winding down here to the end of this message, and I, I'm going to warn you that uh, some of you are going to get a little bit of exercise, okay? Standing up and sitting down, so just kind of be prepared for it. Um, and so, and if you're unable to, to stand, that's not a big deal. Just kind of maybe raise a hand as a way to participate. So here we go. This year, if you have made attempts to be a blessed friend with someone who hasn't found their way to Christ or the church, if you have just made attempts to be a blessed friend like we talk about here, would you stand? Thank you. You are a teammate for the gospel. Thank you. Uh, This year, if you have personally served or given food for a funeral luncheon where the word of God comes out every time, would you please stand? Thank you. You are a teammate for the gospel. This year, if you have gone on a mission trip or you have gone on one of our summer of service opportunities, would you please stand? Thank you. You are a teammate of the gospel. This year, if you served on our grounds around our building, mowing, mulching, weeding, planting, landscaping, adding to the beauty of our campus, would you please stand? Thank you. You are a teammate. You are a teammate for the gospel. This year, if you have served at or for Central Middle School, our school next door, including this coming weekend, you'll be at Taco Tuesday, so I'm counting you as well, would you please stand? Thank you. 
You are teammates for the gospel. This year, if you have helped making care mats for the homeless or making greeting cards sent out to the grieving or the homebound or prayer blankets for those that we are praying for, any of those care mats, the greeting uh, faith cards or the, uh, or, or the prayer blankets, will you please stand? Thank you. You are teammates for the gospel. This year, if you, have if you have attended a meeting, a meeting where there was planning or making decisions that would guide the church, would you please stand? Thank you. You are teammates for the gospel. This year, if you have helped with children's ministry or student ministry, including VBS or the fireworks stand, would you please stand? Thank you. You are teammates for the gospel. Some of you are getting worn out, I know. Okay. Uh, this year, if you have served uh, on Sunday morning with music or with the band or the choir or the uh, guest connections or communion or the tech team or anything that goes along with bringing Sunday morning to happen. If you've served in a role here, would you please stand? Thank you. You are a teammate in the gospel. This year, if you have served with the pantry, you know, we've got people that serve on different days of the week, going to get stuff, st restocking you know, the shelves. We have people who are, the, whenever the pantry's open, they're helping. We have, we have groups that are serving meals to the pantry patrons that are coming. If you have helped in any way this year in the pantry, would you stand? Thank you. You are a teammate for the gospel. One more. <laughs> this year, if you have served in any other way, Rocking babies, answering the phone, leading a faith group, stuffing and hiding Easter eggs, providing a trunk for trunk or treat, or helping with faith walk or faith link, praying for prayer requests, prepping for the Christmas pageant, making phone calls, receiving phone calls, or serving in any other way that I have forgotten to mention. Would you please stand? Thank you. Now, everybody stand with them, okay? Everybody stand with all together, all of us. You are the team. You're the team. You're the team that Jesus has entrusted the gospel to. He says, I'm putting it in your hands. I'm going to help you. I'm going to be there every step of the way, but I'm giving it to you. And you are a member of the team. And everyone matters. Let's pray. Well, Lord God, we're here today because we need you. And amazingly, you seem to be calling us because you need what we can do and, and are calling us to be a part of that. So, Lord Jesus, uh, help us to be a part of your team and to just rejoice in that and to realize that this is what the world needs most is the good news. They need, the world needs good news, Lord, just like we do. We pray this in his name. Amen. You can go ahead.